Eileen Reeby. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the National Grassroots Director at the nonprofit National Popular Vote. Great. Thank you so much for joining me on KCSB today to talk about the relevance of the Electoral College. We saw in 2016 President Donald Trump was elected through the Electoral College, but failed to win the popular vote in the states. What are the shortcomings of the Electoral College, and do we have the power to change the way we elect our president? Yeah. So currently, the way that we elect the president results in really a small number of voters in just a handful of states being the ones that decide who the next president is. So that's the voters in the swing states. We're used to hearing about, you know, candidates going between Pennsylvania and Florida and Wisconsin. And those are the votes that they're vying for, because those are the states that are able to decide the outcome of the election for the entire country, despite whatever the popular vote is. And so we can achieve a national popular vote through the Electoral College, and that's what the organization that I work for advocates for. So that's a national popular vote bill. And the way that it works is states come together to award their electoral votes to the winner of the national popular vote. And so by doing this, they guarantee the presidency to the winner of the national popular vote. So far, um, 16 states have signed on with a total of 196 electoral votes, which means that we're 73% of the way there towards changing the way we elect the president. And the bill will go into effect once states with a total of 270 electoral votes have committed to this plan. Yeah, after scrolling through um, the nationalpopularvote.com website, I noticed the slogan 270 by 2024. Can you address how we will be able to do this in time for the 2024 presidential election? Absolutely. So there are going to be several states where we're going to see bills introduced next year. So when the legislative session starts again in most states in January of 2021, we'll see our bill introduced and hopefully we'll be passing in some states both in 2021 and then again in 2023. So uh, with the right combination of states, we really only need five or six more to join the National Popular Vote Compact for us to get to that 270 electoral vote threshold. Um, so this is the way that we can guarantee the presidency is elected by one person, one vote by 2024. Um, and together, we if everyone pitches in and you know writes their state legislators in support of this bill, then we can make that a reality. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about the positives of the national popular vote as a replacement for the Electoral College and if there's any downfalls as well? Yeah, so by electing the president with one person, one vote, every vote being equal, um, we will transform the way that we elect presidents. So during the 2020 election, presidential candidates spent 96% of their general election campaign events were in just 12 states. Um, we saw a very similar pattern in 2016 and 2012 and 2008, where 95% or more of the general election campaign occurs in just a dozen states. And so you're really not having a president that's representing everyone when you are electing the president that way, right? That you were electing the president of the battleground states of America instead. So under a national popular vote, we'd have candidates that we, they would be incentivized to campaign in all 50 states and speak to voters on issues that are wide ranging for things that are of interest to people across the country. Is this a partisan issue and how are critics responding to this effort? 
Um, it is not a partisan issue. So our team, you know, I work with independents, Republicans and Democrats all across the country, both on our national team and with volunteers and the legislators that we work with in support of this bill. Um, and it's really something that when you look at it, um, every American should get behind, right? We should all want our votes to be equal. This is the way we elect our U.S. senators, our governors, our city councilors is by whoever gets the most votes wins. So it makes sense for the, the one office that represents all of us in America to be elected the same way. Um, and so uh, people all, on all sides of the political spectrum support this issue because they recognize that this is the way to make their votes equal no matter where they live. You know, um, if you're a Republican voter in rural Virginia, you likely have a lot more in common um, with your neighbors in rural West Virginia or North Carolina and, and fellow Republicans. And under the national popular vote, you can pool your votes together um, so that you are all working together to elect the same person and hopefully uh, advocating for your candidate to get the most votes. So everyone can benefit from a national popular vote. Got it. Thank you. I know early in our conversation, we mentioned needing 74 additional electoral votes for the bill to go into effect. How can we do this without amending our constitution? Yeah. Um, so the constitution says in Article 2, Section 1, that each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors. So it's 100% up to the state legislatures to decide how they award their electoral votes. Currently, 48 states and DC all use winner-take-all laws, which means that whoever gets the most votes in your state on election day gets all of your electors. And so that's what leads to our current presidential election system where candidates don't go to the biggest states, be they California or um, Texas, because they know that, oh, all of California's 55 electoral votes are gonna to go to the Democratic candidate. Um, all of Texas's 38 electoral votes are gonna to go to the Republican candidate. And so they ignore voters in those states. And so the way that our bill works is it replaces that state law. It doesn't get rid of the electoral college. It works within the electoral college um, as a reform to make every vote equal. And so we changed the state law that the constitution says it's 100% up to the state legislature to decide how your electors are awarded. And we have that law say, we want our electoral votes to go to the winner of the national popular vote. And so, yeah, as I said, 16 states so far have signed on to this effort. And so when states with 74 more electoral votes join, we'll have a controlling block of 270 electoral votes. That's the number that you need to win the electoral college currently. That's a majority of our 538 electors. And so once we have 270 electoral votes guaranteed to the winner of the national popular vote, um, then our bill goes into effect and we're able to forever improve the way that we elect the president to be by one person, one vote, every vote being equal, no matter where you live across the country. Um, and hopefully seeing an increase in voter turnout because currently we see voter turnout up to 11% higher in battleground states because people there know that their votes matter in a way that they don't necessarily for president in 38 of our states. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, here in Isla Vista, I definitely felt the tangible anxiety that students had on election day and the days following. Do you anticipate the popular vote system will alleviate much of the stress and or uncertainty that we feel when electing a new president? 
Absolutely. Um, some of the issues that we're seeing right now, I mean, people are still a little bit concerned about the outcome of the election, right? Because they're looking at, oh, there's uh, efforts being made to do recounts in certain states, and there's efforts being made to potentially have the legislature appoint electors against the will of, of the people. And all of those things, you know, I don't think that those are things that are going to happen this year, but they cause a lot of concern. And under a national popular vote, we know who the winner was on election night. You know, on election night this year, we saw that one candidate was ahead by over 4 million votes. And so with that metric, we know, okay, this is the person who got the most votes. Um, you know, under our current system, it would have taken just about 21,000 votes between Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin, that if 21,000 people had not shown up for the polls for Joe Biden on election day in those three states, then Donald Trump would have won those three states and he would have won the presidency despite his popular vote loss of what is looking like it's now gonna be well over 6 million. Um, so that's something that wouldn't happen under a national popular vote. And I do think that people would, would feel more comfortable. It's, it's a more logical system, right? It's how we elect every other office is one person, one vote. That's something that people can wrap their heads around that no matter where you live, if you're casting a ballot you know, in your home state of Pennsylvania while you're living in California, you can cast it wherever you want, uh, you know, by law, feeling comfortable that your vote is going to count equally no matter where it was cast. Right. And as we're nearing the end of our interview, are there any ways for students to get involved in either the campaign or the organization? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, if you go to nationalpopularvote.com, um, if you want to write your legislators, you can do that from there and get them in touch with, um, excuse me, write a, a note to them, letting them know that this is a bill that's important to you. You can also sign up to volunteer there at nationalpopularvote.com um, and we'll get you looped in with other grassroots supporters um, in your state um, across the country. Uh, and you know we're working on building um, students for national popular vote chapters across the US um, and so, are looking forward to hopefully growing and growing the number of people that support this. Um, you know, one thing that I think it's worth noting is that uh, our Gen Z voters who voted for the first time in this presidential election have spent half, half of their life with an American president who was not originally elected by the popular vote. For millennials, that number is over 30% of their life. So the youngest generations are the most affected by the way that we currently elect the president. And so I certainly hope that there'll be a big role in changing the way that we elect the president for the future so that we can forever have one person, one vote in our presidential election. 